0: The Competitive Mindset Podcast with Billy Kegler will challenge you, will inspire you, and will just make you think. It's such a great show. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts and check them out on social media at Competitive Pod. And if you haven't done so already, check out teachhoops.com slash 816basketball for incredible coaching content from Coach Steve Collins. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio.
1: Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast. The chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest games. As we always say, it can be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, a high school coach, a college coach, just whatever games they consider to be their greatest.
0: And, and Chris de Blasio, you, you could add this to your, your pre-show read. You're kind of, your you, I always like how we do these quasi introductions. You know, it's, it could be a, a CYO code or whatever coach you, <laughs> do, you make up all these acronyms. And maybe it's a, a, a double coach, which I don't know if I've ever met one that is a girl's basketball coach and a football coach. Now, you know, y'all know, I'm not a New Jersey guy. So help me with the pronunciation here. He's the head coach of both of those sports at Northern Valley Old Japan. Am I saying that right? That's it. I nailed it. it. I nailed it. Brian Dunn, welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast.
2: Yeah, you got got it right. Nobody from outside the area ever says it right. That's good. Thanks for having me. Well, R- Rosefield, when you said help me with the pronunciation, I thought you were going to need help with Brian Dunn. I was. Oh,
1: you listen, you never know.
0: <laughs> some of our listeners would know that I read the graduation names at Ridgeview High School every year, and I practice. I really, I, I give it my best. And some of the what you would think would be the the layup names, I will mess them up. You're know, <laughs> Like Brian Dunn, no, <laughs> no, it's
1: Brian
2: Dunn. Brian. <laughs> so you, you never know. You're over People, people oh, usually
1: wow. people usually go
2: tapping, right? Like old tapping. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's always like Tap and Z. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: I get I never thought about that. Duh, I yeah. guess I mean that's why people confuse it.
2: Yeah. 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 It's the Cuomo Bridge now though. That changed.
1: Well, the- well, we'll see for how long. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. coach, why don't you tell us about your journey in coaching and, and how you got to where you are today as both the uh, the football coach and the girls basketball coach there at Northern Valley, Old And
2: uh yeah, so uh Japan, I've been uh I'll be starting my twenty uh, seventh uh, year at the school uh, this September, and that'll be my I guess uh, it would be it'll be my twenty second as a football coach, and I guess twenty fifth as the basketball coach. So, uh, you know, I was there a couple of years before I got those those jobs. I was an assistant in both of them uh, for a while. I actually uh, started off uh, teaching at Passaic Valley for half a year, then. Pascag Valley, I got hired as a three-fifths teacher. And then uh, I got into uh, – I, I was only three-fifths, so, you know, we were, I was coaching anyway, but, you know, I was, I was you know, classic out of college. I was going to be a football, baseball guy, you know, and uh, I played basketball. I played a lot of basketball in high school. But, uh, you know, it, all of us got to figure out what we're going to kind of specialize in. But I was always a football, baseball guy. And then um, uh, I was a three-fifths teacher, so that, so at uh, Pascag Valley – I was actually across the room from Jasper. I taught across him for, for two years in, uh, in the history department there. And uh, the job came open at Pasquette Hills for uh, the girls' hoops job there. And uh, I had done some, like, JV hoops the year before. And he said, ah, you should put your name into it. And I said, ah, I, I didn't know anything about it. And, but uh, ended up the AD there, Mike O'Brien, who was a longtime boys' basketball coach. OB's the best. Yeah, he's the great. <laughs> And uh, I shared a classroom with him up at Pascal Hills. I was switching between the two schools, so I was teaching three classes at two schools. I was going oh. back and forth. I needed to make money, so he but uh, so and do whatever I had to keep a job. And um, Ob was the AD, and I remember Ob said, uh, "Yeah, take the girls' job, and uh, you know it'll be good. You, you coach the basketball, and then uh, we'll go to Lou's Tavern for beers after the games." <laughs> so I said, "Sounds good." He goes, "It'll be beers, and then I'll buy dinner after the games." <laughs> And I said, oh, let me think about it. He goes, it's done already. I put it in. You, see, you got the job. So, <laughs> so that's how I got into the girls' hoops there. So, but that was only one year. Then I got the teaching job, full-time teaching job at Old Japan and uh, moved on from there. So,
1: And so you did one year at Pasca Hills as the girls' coach and then Pasquette got the Kills. girls' job at Old Japan?
2: No, so I, got a, so I had to get a full-time teaching job. They're only giving me a three-fifths job, so I got a better teaching job. So I, I moved on and just became an assistant there in uh, basketball, football, baseball. And then it uh, just happened that the, bo- the girls coach there uh, retired after two years, a guy named Marty who who's a real good coach. And, uh, you know, I wasn't planning on getting back into the girls' hoops, really, but they needed a coach, and I needed a tenure. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I did it, and I've been there ever since, yeah. Who was the AD there at the time? Uh Mario Polino. Oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know if you remember. He was a long time AD there. Yeah, good man. He passed away a couple of years back.
1: You coached baseball with Coach Byron.
2: I did. Yeah, yeah, for a bunch of years. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah. Right. This
1: guy's worked for the legend. I mean, you know Jasper, but but Tim yeah. Byron, the baseball coach at Northern Valley Old Japan, is is like a Jasper like legend in Bergen yeah. County and in North Jersey. I mean, one of the one of the great coaches, great people, great characters. All you know.
2: He's a all one. Yeah, a lot of laughs with that guy. Yeah, he makes makes work fun for sure. <laughs>
0: I know we're a, a basketball podcast, but I, I'm, I'm open to interviewing a baseball coach, too, one day as well. <laughs> if, Michigan, I, would
1: uh, say, I would say, would get say get Coach O'Brien on, but I guarantee he has no idea how to use a computer. And- no, he,
2: he would need help, and you he need somebody to stand, stand with him. Uh, that, that would be a great one. But, uh, yeah, he's he was like my – him and Jasper were my mentors, like those first couple of years. And, and w- after the games, he said, come on, we're going to lose over in Hillsdale. I went over there. And I said, I thought you were going to buy me dinner. And I don't know if you're ever going to lose in Hillsdale. I said, I thought you're going to buy me dinner. He said, Oh yeah, two dinners. And the guy <laughs> breaks out like two toaster oven pizzas and two pickled eggs. <laughs> that, was, that was that was dinner at lose. He was buying dinner. So yeah, he's great. Yeah, uh, good oh, man.
0: Coach Dunn, you mentioned Jeff Jasper's episode one fifteen of this podcast. What? A, oh my goodness! What a man! What oh, a storyteller! Yeah. What a coach! And. Yeah. Un- unbelievable but coach take us into the gym uh, you know you, you never like you said you never really set out to to coach girls basketball you walk in the gym the first day coaching girls basketball what what is that like
2: yeah that's uh so I was a I was a young guy at the time and you know like anybody any of us when we were young coaching, and we thought we knew stuff. we didn't really know anything you know and and uh, you might know a little bit about basketball or baseball or football but you don't really know as much you need to know about working with kids and people, you know, it's all experience, but, uh, I do, I do remember the, I remember when I was getting the job and, uh, one of the other coaches, I'll, I'll never forget this the guy said, uh, uh, oh, well, you'll, you'll like working with girls. They're easy to work with in terms. They love being part of a team and they're much better team players than boys are. And, you know, back in the nineties, whatever, everybody's a lot more it different perspectives on things. they said they're, they're much easier coaches, a team. And I never, I, through the years, I always remember that, that was like the worst advice I ever got. Like, I've coached girls now for almost 30 years, and they're just like boys. They got egos and they want to score. And they want to, you know, if the kid's good at shooting, she's going to want to shoot the ball. And the other kid wants the ball also. And they want to win, but they also want to do well. It's all the same issues. But they, everybody made it seem like, oh, you go and have cookies after practice, and everybody's happy all the time. And that, and I said, and I learned real quick, that's a load of crock. And it, it, it like, it, it, you know, it, there's a lot of these perceptions of what girls sports were back then. And, and I had to learn on the fly. I was lucky to have Jasper around to like, you know, throw ideas off and pick his brain a lot. And the one thing that he uh, probably doesn't get enough credit for is he's been like that for everybody. You know, anybody could go and ask him anything. He would, we were arch rivals and he would let me come into the gym and just watch him practice in the summer and everything else. So, uh, he was always open and, and good to me, you know, a, a long time back. So I was always thankful for that. That must have meant your team wasn't very good if he's gonna let you come in and watch practice <laughs> as he wasn't well, afraid. We, we, yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> we weren't that good. Uh well, the the uh the 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 one year at Pascal Kills that I yeah, I needed his help a lot. Um we ended up being okay. We ended up like we we were came off a real bad year. I wasn't cut, you know, when I took over. Um and we ended up being like 9 and 11 and we made the states and lost in the states and, you know, had, had a decent year. Hadn't done that in a while. So it was actually, you know, I, I thought we took a good step up. Unfortunately, I didn't stay there. You know, well, fortunately, I moved on to all Japan, but yeah. uh, only had the one year there. So but uh,
1: now, you, now you said you learned that girls were you know, not what this, this coach had told you about, but you do coach boys in football and girls in basketball. What are the differences or what are that transition you have to make in that uh, half a day that you have off between the two sports?
2: Yeah. The only, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've overlapped a bunch of years. I <laughs> go deep, but the, you know, the only, the thing I, I learned a long time ago or not, not so long ago, I should say, it took me a couple of years to figure it out, but uh, I just coach kids like it's, you know, it's uh, I, I tell the basketball kids, I coach them like the football kids and the football kids like the basketball kids, like they're, they're athletes. You coach them like athletes, you know, they all, have their different personalities and, and you find out what makes them tick and what you, what you uh, need to do to get to know them and motivate them well and, and, and get them to play hard and learn and, and compete and be good team players. And I never saw much, uh, you know, when it came to like in the gym, practice playing, uh, much of the girl-boy type differentiation. You know, like obviously they're different people and 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 everything else. But I, I never put a lot of thought into that, to be honest with you. Like I just tell them I'm gonna coach it and and uh, and, and and treat you good and and learn how to be good teammates and good people, and that's the bottom line, you know.
0: You know, Coach, you talk about the experience. It's all just experience, whether you're coaching girls, boys, football, basketball. And I, I, my first job out of college was coaching girls basketball. And I absolutely loved it. Those girls played their tails off. I'd call Chris up all the time, say, you know, we just got beat or whatever. And we just ran them all the time. And they just, they just came back for more, came back for more, came back for more. And I really, I really appreciated the work ethic. And at the end of the season, somewhere around here, I've got a a scrapbook that they gave me. So it was, it wasn't all milk and cookies after practices, but end of the year. It was, hey, thanks, coach, for everything you've done. And I've never had obviously never had a boys' team ever do that. So that was the one difference from between boys' teams and girls' teams that I coached over the years. Have they ever done anything like that? Off the court,
2: off the court, like after the practice is over, uh, yeah, they they do a lot of things. The boys will all jump in the car and go out and hit up McDonald's or something like that or whatever. The the a lot of girls will. Do like, you know, they make posters and they love, like the one thing I never got, uh, I I didn't really catch on to this until later on. is They're really into like the senior night doing posters and (laughs) collages and all the other stuff. And the boys like for football, we do it and they don't, the moms have to do something for it. Like, they don't don't know what's you know, so that's, uh, that is a difference. Like, that's for sure. They're creative and uh, thoughtful uh, about those types of things. And uh, more able to express those types of things better than typically guys are. (laughs) Yes, I think so.
1: (laughs) Coach, now talk a little bit about – we talked about – we mentioned beforehand, but even a little bit here on the podcast. You've been successful in both football and girls' basketball, and I mentioned that you have a a terrific AD in in Tom Cashel. And the culture of your school, um, Coach Landek has great teams uh, in volleyball and – and softball talk about the i don't want to say the pressure because I, I don't think it's pressure but when you have a school like that where the school is an excellent school and the athletic programs are excellent you know how that how it kind of all feeds into each other and helps each other out sort of helps each other be successful
2: yeah, a, uh, yeah that's a good question we have um between uh, like Timmy and, and uh, Melissa, you mentioned, and uh, you know, my brother's a track coach over there has been for a long time. He coaches football with me and then good wrestling program and uh, you know, good golf team and, 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 uh, and uh, all our big sports and our soccer team's great. Mark Tory. we have, we have some really good coaches and um, it's uh, it's kind of like, it kind of feeds off each other. The kids, uh, you know, it, it works best when uh, the kids are playing multiple sports. And you kind of kind of cross over and carry over. Some of you, we're all coaching the same types of kids or the same kids, the actual kids. So uh, in those years where we've had, like, good good uh, groups and, and kids who are into the uh, multiple sports, that's always been a big help. And I think the coaches we have are big supporters of that, the kids going out and competing for the school. And uh, I think all our coaches, uh, you know, uh, as as a general rule are just good team players, you know, and that that carries down from top down. And Tom, Tom has a great example. But uh everybody's into the good the good for the good of the school, good of the program. So uh we've been fortunate in that that respect. And and I've been fortunate to learn a lot from all those coaches there. And uh hopefully they got something from me too. All
0: right. Well before we get to the greatest game I want to follow up on a question with with that is that culture of coaches helping out coaches because at Ridgeview that's the way it is for us too. We just, for, I don't know, it's always been that way. So I'm starting my 16th year. There has never been egos, buttonheads, And I don't know if that was just created before I got there or how is that I guess for you guys, is that uh, it's not necessarily mandated? Is it a? But what? Tell us more about that culture of of just coaches really helping each other out like that.
2: So, so you, it's like little things, uh, you, you know, like a little thing like uh, you, you know, we start football tomorrow, but next week we have uh, you know field hockey coming on and girls and boys soccer, and we we have one regulation field on the property, you know. So there's, there's four teams that want to get in there and, and use the, the field. Uh, not including the sub and everything else. And uh, you know, we have we have people like, and this doesn't happen everywhere. I know for a fact it doesn't happen everywhere. That w- We'll sit down, set a schedule, share the field. If somebody says, hey, I need 10, 10 extra minutes, like, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem cutting my practice 10 minutes short if it's going to help somebody out and they really need it. Nobody would ask unless they really needed it. You know what I mean? And uh, we do that for each other. And I feel like that's a pretty good uh, situation where I knew if I was stuck, and uh, needed something that, you know, there's no jealousy amongst the teams like the boy soccer coach would give me the field if I needed, it and I would give it to him. And it's not like I'm worried about like who's getting a leg up on somebody else. And that, that's rare. I don't think that's too common in a lot of places. So uh, th- that's like a small example of the way things work and everybody's always pushing for each other and helping each other out. And I, I think that's that starts from the top down. That's awesome. No, that's that's exactly the way it should be.
1: I mean, you're all you're all in it together. But coach, we now want to talk about some of your greatest games. I know we're bringing on a special guest here yeah. as well to help uh, with this. So if, if you want to take us into one of you know one of your great basketball games you had, you know maybe kicking Coach Jasper's butt, you know something <laughs> like that. But uh, why don't you uh, tell us about one of those great games you had as as coaching the uh, Old Pan Girls basketball team and the, introduce the special guest?
2: Yeah. So. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to narrow down a single one. We've had a bunch of good ones with some great, great kids and, uh, but, uh, we had a run there like 2016, well, 2015, 16, 17, 18, we were in the sectional finals, those four years. And then, uh, we won it, we won the finals three of those years and then won the group three, two of those years. So, uh, I was fortunate in that my daughter was on the team those, those years, And uh, and uh, that was like, uh, you know, there's plenty of great games I've had. But uh, that that period there with her, my daughter's Katie and uh, where she played four years for me there at the school. And and uh, thing that was special was she she'd be the first to tell you she wasn't a star on the team or anything like that. But she played on really good teams. And uh, she's the perfect example of like uh, I always thought a kid who would be a kid who stuck with it. And, uh, when she went, didn't always looked like she'd have a great chance of playing or contributing. She stuck with it, kept grinding, kept working at it. And, and, uh, finally had her chance so ironically in a game against Jasper in the sectional finals, it was, uh, 2016, uh, 2018, excuse me. She was a sophomore in 2016, 2018 was her senior year. And we were playing PV at, uh, at their place in the sectional finals. We had lost at their place in the finals a year before. And now we're back there uh, in a rematch of that. And it was a great classic PV to Pan game, just a defensive battle. We, we knew how they play. They knew our kids. We knew their kids. And our kids knew each other and just to grind it out. And uh, my daughter, who was coming off the bench and a role player, she came out and, and uh, drilled a three right in the middle of the second quarter there to uh, – give us a lead that we held on to right to the last play of the game and it was like a big you know it's like one of those momentum turners where we got finally got the lead after a bad start and then just took it from there and she played a great game and we went on to win the semis and then the state finals and made it to the tournament champions but uh that one sticks out as just like we had a we had a team of hard-working kids that were no superstars on the team that just did their job and Fortunately, I got to see my coach, my own daughter, and watch her in one of those great moments that we all hope our own kids can have, but you certainly hope your your kids, your coach, can get them. And uh, from then, I've always told parents, like, just keep keep grinding, keep sticking with it, have your kids stick with it, and hopefully they'll have one of those moments. You know, if you if you stick with it, those moments come up and pop up. And, you know, she, I was fortunate she had one. She was fortunate and being a great contributor during that run. Does she want to tell us about the shot? She-, she can, yeah, yeah. She's really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah go ahead Kate. hi
1: hello
0: welcome
2: in <laughs> go ahead. they're gonna tell you t- t- oh, t- okay
3: t- the shot yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay it was like during the sectional final game and like i came off the bench we were kind of like tied at that point like we weren't really like ahead that much so i was kind of i think it was like on a fast break and i was kind of like at the three point lo- like line and I got the ball thrown to me. I didn't know if I, like, I didn't know what to do with it. So I was kind of like nervous, but then I had like a really tall girl guarding me. So I kind of just like shot faked and like, somehow I like threw it up. I threw it to the basket. I was like, I hope I make this. And it ended up going in. I did not expect it to go in at all. So <laughs> 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 kind of shocked.
0: <laughs> well, we we actually have a quote from you here that says, I knew it from the moment that I let it go. I'm just kidding. no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll edit that and make sure that's, that's the quote exactly as, as it stands. But that's what, what, a, what a great experience. Obviously, be able to play for your dad. And I tell you, we found an article here uh, with a great video we'll put in our show notes of the, the final play after you've hit the three. And it, it looks like it's the longest 13 seconds of a defensive stand to win the game. Tell us about that experience as well.
3: Yeah, Um. like at the end?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. The, the well, sideline out of yeah, that. Yeah, well,
3: I was just like on the sides at that point, and it was like the end of the game. And like I really didn't know what was going to happen. Like it was such just such a close game. But I was like – it was nice. like I can like watch my team. Like they were playing really good defense, like locking down all their shooters. And it was just the, like the slowest 13 seconds ever. Like I didn't know what was going to happen, but so happy we ended up winning that. Like they all played really well, and it was so nice to be able to contribute in a game like that.
1: Well, it says in the article that Brian pulled up here, it said it was a transition three, so you remembered it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, – and it was uh, it was a 10-1 run, Coach. It says that you guys went on there
2: to take the lead. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, start off a little slow in that game.
1: And now Rosefield. Now, again, when you go to play Coach Jasper in Pascal Valley, it's you know, like the gym's name for him, the locker room's name for him, his wife does the book, his brother's ref in the game. You know, it's the you know, you're yeah. fighting all the demons there too. So to go in there and win is <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was good because they got us pretty good the year before. And we've always yeah. uh, and I love the guy and Katie Katie's known him forever. and loved him, so he's been good to our family and my son. So it's uh it's never I'll tell you this it's never fun like competing against him because he's such a good friend and our games are always bloodbaths. And, uh, you know, people, people love to watch them because it's just two teams that just work hard and play hard against each other. But, uh, I, I, you, you know how it is. You don't take any joy when you're going against guys, you know, take it real serious and work hard Mm -hmm. friends. And so, uh, this one happened special just because of the way it was for, for our team. And, our family at that
1: point. So coach, I usually ask this question and I'm glad we have your daughter here to kind of reflect on it too. <clears throat> that moment, you, a lot of these games that we interview people about are some sort of championship they won or, and I always say, what's that moment like if you've ever seen the movie miracle, the, the yeah, hockey you, movie, sure. you know, there's that moment at the end where Herb Brooks kind of goes into the tunnel by himself.
2: Yeah. And yeah. kind of
1: lets his emotions out. Yeah. When, when after a game uh, winning a sectional title like that, do you do you let those emotions out? Is it driving home and or or you know sharing those emotions with your daughter must have been must have been great as well.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good question because uh, like I said, I've been whatever. I'm lucky that we've had a couple games like that. Uh, that's an interesting scene in that movie, and you can kind of like I've had I've I've have mixed bag on those things. So and. <laughs> in that game you know it was like you know you're hugging your daughter and it's like right away everybody's like erupting because it's one of those end of the game last second type things where we finally pulled it out but uh yeah that was emotional right at the right at the finish but i've also had ones like we won a football state championship and i was furious and angry at the end of the game for like an hour just because i thought we didn't finish the game all that well and <laughs> gave the team a chance to win, and you couldn't. You can't get over because you're. It was. We talked previously about it, and had a bad loss down there, and you you think you're almost going to blow it again, and like it was. It's hard to like, you know, decompress sometimes. So I think it just you know it's another difference with the girls. Like uh, when we had some big basketball games, they like to jump up and down and celebrate and and uh, come up and hug and everything else. So those, <laughs> those things happen fairly quickly, and they catch you by surprise.
0: Yeah. So Katie, I want to throw it to you now. Obviously we see again, we'll put these in the show notes, the the reaction on the floor again, after that really was the longest 13 seconds. It's incredible. And the effort defensively, maybe we could get a chance to ask coach about that too, how he coached that hard, but that celebration going into the locker room and then preparing for the next game after such an emotional win. What was that like for you guys?
3: That's like always hard, I feel like, because it's like you're coming off of such a great game and you still have like so many emotions about it. And it's like you have to shift your focus to the next one and like keep winning. But like that's always hard. But the thing like about that was like being so like thrilled about how we played about that one game kept us going throughout the whole state tournament. I feel like having that momentum really helped us throughout like all the way to the state finals, like TOCs as well.
1: Well, Coach, I'm going to wrap it up here with our with our ending question. It's good that we have Katie here because she might be able to help answer this question. If I asked one of those girls who played for you at Pascal Hills 20-something years ago, and I asked your daughter here today, what's the one thing Coach Dunn says over and over again? What would that one thing be? When they do their Coach Dunn impression, I know they
2: have it. They all have it. Yeah. Oh. She's, She's got to keep it clean, I think. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Trying to yeah. think of like appropriate ones. <laughs> uh,
2: that's uh, uh, probably the best thing what everybody says is just rack them up at the end of practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah that's, that's a their good favorite.
2: favorite line is when yeah. you yell out, rack them up. That means rack the balls up. We're done with practice. Yeah. that That's that's the one common common one I think I say every day. But uh, the other one's probably.
3: Get your thumb out of your ear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll get your thumb out of your ear, yeah. 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 Get your thumb out of your ear. Or explain that one. That's the clean version of it. I mean, yeah. you
1: know. oh, okay. <laughs> that's good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's like, yeah, I think those change year to year depending on the types of kids we have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, rack them up or what's up? What's up is the other yeah, one. Yeah, like, you always yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's that's my greeting to all of them at different times. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah like to try and get them to talk a little
0: bit. <laughs> we, we've done 126 of these and, and rack them up is the first time. I think that's the first time we've heard that one. Thumb yeah. <laughs> out of your ear. Uh, you know, I, I get it. I think that might be the first time. So, uh, two out of three, ain't bad there coach uh, for sure. So, <laughs> but, uh, it, and it's rare that we actually have a player join us from a, uh, from a team that's going back to maybe the teens of the episodes. We had Crest School's uh, couple of kids join us so katie we appreciate you joining us as well and coach brian dunn this has been a lot of fun we appreciate both of y'all coming on the greatest games
2: yeah thank you for having us yeah yeah for sure we had a good time
0: cool we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this one up and let you get the football practice starting august the 9th so uh let's go ahead and wrap this one up for my co-host chris de blasio i am brian rosefield and thank you for listening to this episode of the greatest games